0: Um, I'm listening to Sam Albury and the other old guy. <laughs> Something from the Gospel Coalition. You're not crazy, that podcast. Really interesting about how um, to confront a brother who's in sin, but also to forgive him uh, when he is uh, repentant. So very, very helpful. Uh, listening to it while I was collecting my McDonald's order. Yeah, so it's going to be my kind uh, of late dinner or supper. Back for ninety-nine p quarter pounder, <laughs> and while I do that, I'm going to read Acts. We're going to read Acts chapter 20 I'm going to read this first and try to finish this so that I can eat this while it's still warm. So this is Acts chapter twenty. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he uh, came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when the plot was made against him by the Jews so that he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Sopater, the Berean son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Darby and Timothy and of the Asians, uh, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after days of the Days of Unleavened Bread, and then five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. So lots of stops, lots of people, and this is just locating uh, Paul in Troas, and Troas when this next event happens. On the first day of the week, we were gathered together to break bread. Paul talked with them intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So, wow. Okay, all right. So from, I guess, dinner time all the way till midnight, they were just talking and talking and talking. I guess he was talking something important, maybe even teaching them the Bible. Um, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered, and a young man in Utica, sitting at a window sank into a deep sleep. As Paul talked still longer and being overcome by sleep, he fell down whoosh, from the third story and was taken up dead. He died. <laughs> <laughs> while listening to paul preach oh man okay how, what a tragic thing you know so boring was paul's sermon that he fell asleep <sighs> maybe you guys to so listen to this podcast to help you fall asleep very asmr voice well oh, that's paul that's eutychus dying during paul's sermon and uh verse 10 but paul went down and bent over him and taking up him up in his arms said do not be alarmed for his life is in him <laughs> it brings him back to life again And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. So he had something else to eat and then he talked some more all the way till the morning. (laughs) Just, the guy just died, healed him, went back to talking about, I guess, the Bible, uh, talking about ministry, talking about important things, all the way till the next morning. Oh man, and then he left. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. Yeah, man, I mean, He just died and he's still alive. Uh, Wow. You know, I regret never reading that book, Saving Eutychus. I know it's about preaching. I don't know how to get that from this. I don't know what what the illustration is. Maybe it's something to do with the importance of getting back to preaching or how people can get bored during a... I I don't know. I've never read it before. But uh, it's so interesting that this thing happened during his sermon, during his conversation, and then it just went on. Went on um, with his uh, speech, went on with his ministry and just left and went on to the next place. Uh, Very fast moving, the story at this point of time. Verse 13, by going ahead to the ship, we set sail for Asos, intending to take Paul aboard there. Uh, So Luke speaking in the first person, for he had so arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board and went to Mithilin on this boat. And sailing from there, we came to the following day opposite Chios, the next day we touched at Samos, and the day after that we went to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be in Jerusalem if possible on the day of Pentecost. So for some reason, he doesn't want to stop in Ephesus because he wants to make it all the way to Pentecost by this day, by Pentecost. So it's all the way to Jerusalem by Pentecost. But if he stops in Ephesus, he knows, oh no, I'm going to be sidetracked. Or maybe he knows he, there's so many friends there. <laughs> he's going to stop. He's going to uh, be with them. He's going to talk with them. And he's just going to prolong his stay. But he needs to be in Jerusalem by the state, by Pentecost. Verse 17. Now from Miletus, he's sent to Ephesus. Interesting. So he doesn't want to go to Ephesus, but he sends word to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you Anything that was profitable and teaching me in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He was very transparent in the way that he did ministry in the city. So you guys know, you could see how I, I was serving God in this very difficult way with tears and with, with trials. And, you know, I, I, was, I was just having a really tough time through the plot of the Jews. But, but I did not pull back. I declare to you anything that was profitable, I taught you in public from house to house. And indeed, that's what he did. I think it was like two years in that hall of Tyrannus. He just taught the Bible, taught the Bible every day. And he, here he reveals just how hard it was for him to do this for that prolonged time. Was it in Ephesus? I hope it was. i hope he was that was back in chapter 19 oh i can smell my burger yeah but yeah anyway he he he's saying kind of like sounds like he's saying his goodbye you know he's speaking to these elders to these pastors verse 22 and now behold i'm going to jerusalem constrained by the spirit not knowing what will happen to me there except that the holy spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me somehow he knows that it's going to be even tougher even tougher at every new stop that he makes especially in Jerusalem I guess Uh, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God and now uh, behold I know that none of you among whom I've gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again you guys are never going to see me ever again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. This phrase happens again. I mean, shrinking back and shrinking back or being fearful of telling people the gospel. It says, Therefore, you know, I did my job. The whole point of Paul's suffering is to tell them the gospel. The whole point of Paul. Being there with them and even having this final moment with them is to remind them of the gospel. And what keeps them, keeps someone like this from doing this is just the fear. You know, what will happen to me if I do this? No, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to tell you everything that God wants you to know in his word about Jesus, about his salvation in the gospel. Uh, Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. In which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood." So he's concerned for them. He says, you know, I've done my job, you know, I think I've run my race, I think I've been faithful as far as as my conscience can tell, but now, you guys, you guys. I think that's why he's called them all this way to talk to them this final time, that you guys need to be really careful about this mandate. This responsibility to care for the church of God that Christ paid for with his blood. How are you guys doing in your life and in your ministry? Verse 29, I know that after my departure fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Among your own number they're going to be these false teachers with false intentions and drawing people away from Christ. Therefore be alert. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, is, said it was more blessed to give than to receive. He's commending them just to work hard in ministry, not to give up, to um, be transparent, even in the ways that you support yourself, you know, not to leech off people. But, you know, providing for yourself a ministry, that's just part of the ministry. You know, it, there's no shame of that you know working to provide food for yourself so that you can carry on do this you know don't be dependent too much on others so that you can give this blessing you know quoting jesus uh, this is not in the gospels but paul is quoting jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive there ought to be this pattern of Giving rather than receiving in ministry. And that means it's going to cost you. It's going to be painful. It's going to be tiring. It's going to feel as if, you know, (laughs) I wish, you know, someone would give me instead. But there's a blessing in you giving others than receiving from others in ministry. Verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful, most of all, because of the word he had spoken that. He that they would not see his face again. This is their final goodbye, and therefore they, they, they're so thankful to Paul, to God for Paul. They're so sorrowful, uh, before God that Paul's going to leave them. And he said they accompanied him to the ship, just you know, every last moment they're just waving goodbye. Hey, Paul, thank you so much. Thank God for you. God be with you. Thank you so much. We will remember your words. Um, yeah. Yeah, so interesting that Paul has built this relationship over three years, over three years. You know, the oldest Christian among this bunch, three years old. (laughs) And he's already telling them they're going to suffer. They need to watch out for wolves. Three years, three-year-old Christians. I mean, you think of undergraduates here in Cambridge, three years old. Are you going to appoint them as a pastor? Well, Paul did. Paul did. Paul did his job so well that he's able even to train up pastors so many of these efficient elders not just one but so many of them to be accountable for god's church you can leave it into their care and to even remind them of this reality that suffering will come if they continue on this faithfulness the way paul has demonstrated in his own ministry how are we doing how are you doing have you had three years with a bunch of people have you raised up leaders now hopefully they the oldest christian isn't just three years old But if you are planning a church, if you're building a new ministry, it is almost appropriate to start from day one, raising up leaders, raising up faithful Christians who will know that this gospel is not just for their benefit, but will care for those whom they will speak this gospel to and will care for them and look out for them and keep them going in the faith. I think that's just so convicting, that Paul is able to build this relationship over such a relatively short term. Through the gospel, through the gospel, through the ministry, through love, through his sacrifice, through his uh, through his authenticity, and through his own dedication to preaching Christ in any every season. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's Acts, <laughs> Acts, chapter twenty. I'm gonna have my burger, oh, ho ho ho, um, quarter pounder. Oh, okay. Mm. This has been a day by being so. I chapter 20, Eight, chapter, eight chapters, you go. Take care and God bless. Bye.